Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, folks. Lord bless you this great day. I hope that things are going well for you and that you're finding uh, this month to be a great month. I've been talking the last couple of days about stewardship. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about this is something similar. It's just kind of about helping this socially acceptable poor, you know, the widowed mothers and the congregations and such like that. And, and not only that, just talk a little bit about mercy. Actually, the sermon's more about mercy than anything else. But let's pray together. Lord, thanks for the day. It's a great day. It's a great day. You've made it. And Lord, we got great plans for you because we want to win this world for you. We want to be a difference maker in society. Lead us, guide us, open up new doors for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I think most people you know, are pretty willing to help the, uh, the poor and those that are struggling. We see on TV all the time the ads about different things, help the uh, ton of tower, tunnel of tower or whatever that is, the, those that have dealt with uh, losing their loved ones. And, and then we deal with those that have the military that have lost loved ones, building homes for them. We donate to those kind of things. St. Jude's, which is a great cause, we we donate to them. In fact, you get a blanket if you donate to them. There's There are so many things. Uh, there are so many missions dealing with Billy Graham. Uh, son, Franklin Graham, has you know the mission of helping those that are in been affected by tornadoes and such. And same with Convoy of Hope. There's numerous things that we get hit on. And some of us, you know, we feel one more than other, and we give at times to different things. But, you know, we're understandably less comfortable when we have to give to somebody that is panhandling or or in drug abuse or runaways or whatever it might be or the homeless. We just we feel like we're not helping or that we're enabling. But we've got to pray about it. I think about everything. Lord, what would you have me do? Every once in a while, we get people ask for help and this and that. And now they have to fill out a, a major form. They just can't just hand. It's not just a handout. And I don't handle that anymore. But it's but it's uh, it's interesting. There's just people that they're in need. And there's, yes, there's some rational reasons for discomfort, you know. Sometimes when you're around people that are homeless and are in drugs, we feel uncomfortable. And because it's, we don't know how people are going to react. And sometimes we fear for our health. I might catch something. I might catch what they have. So we're not around them. We don't minister to them. We fear that our efforts will waste time and money. We think of the parable of the son of the squandered all, and, he, and his dad was still merciful. You see, God has called us to be merciful. In the Beatitudes in Matthew, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Yeah, Jesus made a great point, didn't he? There is always a time in our lives where we need a little mercy. Nowadays in, in, in school and in football, I coached sports for years and years, and you have basketball and you have football, and man, there's a, now there's a mercy rule. You know, if a team gets 50 points ahead or so, the game is automatically called in football. You know, I remember in football, we lost a game 82 to nothing one time. I mean, that was, and that year, that other, that Huntington, Oregon, they scored like 100 points two or three times that year, and they just killed people. And then way back, I don't know how many years ago, there's a girls basketball team in a private school who uh, got beat 100 to nothing, 100 to zero. 
It made the papers because it was a hum- humiliating for the other team. And the team apologized later and said, we're sorry. We should have never done that. The team had scored. I can't imagine scoring zero points. Seemed like you'd get fouled to make a free throw or something, you, you know. In my coaching career, I had, a, I had some games like that. I coached a boys team that was tremendous. It was a great team, and we were – we dominated everybody, but we played a first-year school, and we won 66-10. to 10. And, yes, that was oh, shellacking. And I played my starters. They played one-and-a-half quarters, and the, and that's all they played. The bottom players played three-quarters, almost three-quarters. And uh, they my starters were so mad. They said, well, Coach, just because we do well, then we don't get to play. How does that work, you know? And uh, it was it was something. Their coach came over to me after the game and truly, literally, thanked me for not running up the score. And he was serious because it could have been much worse than that. But you know, that's it's it's called the mercy rule. And nowadays they have that. They won't let that. Uh, the game gets out of hand, like in the fourth quarter, they'll let the clock run and basketball and such. It's interesting how that works. But you know, in, in this world. We show mercy, and we need to show mercy. If I ask you to come up with someone you've heard of that was a great at showing mother, uh, mercy other than Jesus, who might it be? Well, well, some might say Mother Teresa, and boy, that's a good choice. You know, because at age 12, she felt a call to be a missionary and could share the love of God to the poor. And boy, did she do that. In 1950, she got permission to start her own order called the Missionaries of Charity whose primary task was to lose lose and uh, to excuse me to love and care for those people that nobody would talk to she loved she encouraged she helped the poorest people who were sick diseased and so many were hard to love but she loved them she was known for her love and for teaching love why were they hard to love because they were poor and dirty with disease Was it because of their heart? Absolutely not. They were created in the image of Almighty God with a heart like everybody else. But their external circumstances led to them living in depravity. I think we all would agree it's easy to love the lovely. Those that look nice, those that smell nice, those that act nice. How much greater it is to love those that are cast out by society, the poor, those in prison, those who are less fortunate, those who have been severely severely handicapped, whatever it does to make them different from you and I, it's not easy to love. The love of God reaches much farther than anyone can imagine. In fact, it's so important even to love our enemies and those that have treated us poorly. It's, It's not easy to love, but God has asked us to do that. In fact, we see even more in Matthew chapter 5, verse 42 through 47 on the Sermon of the Mount. Jesus says this, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward do you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your father in heaven is perfect. What he's telling us here by being perfect is this. Love other people. Forgive other people. Don't show prejudice. Don't show just those that are dressed nice and smell nice, you know, that you treat them better than those that are struggling. 
Even the sinners love those easy to love. That is not difficult at all. I believe with all my heart that the stewardship trait that God wants each of us to respond to is the needs of fellow people. Remember this, God rejoices over the one lost who has been found, over the one that was lost. I like the picture that we have in the church. It's an old, old picture that Jesus is a shepherd on a hillside, and he left the 99 safe sheep and went and rescued the one lost sheep. Jesus came to save the sinner. Remember what Luke chapter 5, verse 31 says? It's not the healthy that need the doctor, but it's the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call the sinners to repent. You're already saved. You already know God. Calling those that need him, that need God. Do we get that? Do we really get it? We are so comfortable in life that we are not about to step into a zone that would cause us a lack of comfort. You know, folks, we must respond and be concerned about the poor and those in need. Some people have become so callous that they say, oh, well, they made their own bed. or They're just going to lie in it. And folks, maybe that's you. Maybe you've said that. I think I've probably said that at times myself. Is that what Jesus would do? What would Jesus do? He would love that bracelet, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Some would respond well, you know, and some, some might say, well, I'm not Jesus. Well, that's true. But you've been called to emulate Jesus. You've been called to use the example that Jesus had, you know, and to stand up for the things of God. But, you know, sometimes people don't follow that calling. The Bible says this, faith without action is dead. Faith without action is dead. I believe that's found. I'm going to read this, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. I'm flipping my Bible. There it is right there. He said this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? What good is it? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or, or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is not, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without action is dead. How many of us live in faith, but show no action? When is the last time that you've helped someone that was poor? When was the last time that you showed someone mercy that needed mercy? There are a lot of dead folks in this world because they speak of faith and they live just the opposite. They're so caught up with themselves that others never get a concern. You know, I had to change my thinking years ago, and I mentioned this before on the radio, as people would come and ask for food at your house and ask for you to give canned food. And so what would I do? I'd go into the pantry and get the things that I hadn't eaten and things I didn't like, like hominy, I can't stand hominy, or some kind of lousy vegetable or whatever, and give that away. Finally, I got convicted. I should be given the things I like the best to the poor. So that helped me. I changed my 
philosophy. Now I give them things that I would eat, that I would love. Well, hey, we're out of time today. We're going to continue this tomorrow. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.